0: You want movies? These tour in my circle of trust. We got movie reviews on Phoenix FM. That's right. You'll never guess who's sitting in front of me. Mr. Mark Seaby. How are you doing, sir?
1: No, I'm well, thank you, Spencer. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not
0: bad at all. What, a, what delights have you got for us today?
1: Well, do you know what? We're now at the end of September, and this is realistically the last, I think it is anyway, I think this is the last week where we get the summer blockbusters. Next week... Yep. Going forward, we're going to be talking a lot about awards nominated, awards worthy, awards baity movies, you know, ones that are trying to get nominations and whatever else, because we're moving into award season. However, this week, I think, is the final week of big summer blockbusters. And we're kind of going to go out with something that um, I was quite surprised about. So this is a movie called The Creator, and uh, it's directed by... Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One, you know, the Star Wars spin-off movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so so this is his new movie.
0: Which uh, which I liked. I liked Rogue One.
1: I did as well. Yeah, yeah. I was a, you know, I enjoyed that as well. I mm. thought it was a good spin-off movie. Um I, I like Gareth mm. Edwards stuff anyway. Um this one. You'll be unsurprised to learn, based on Rogue One, it, this one's a sci-fi movie as well. Um, and it's about um, the war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence. And we find a former soldier discovers a secret weapon, which is a robot in the form of a young child. So, do you know, what I what I really like about science fiction movies is uh, are the ones that have got heart to it. You know, that's what I like. Like, you know, there's something really earthy. There's something really real about it. Um,
0: and Do you remember getting... AI with, ha- with ha- Hay- Hayley H- Joel Osment? That's the one. Yes, yes, do you remember yes that?
1: I do. Yeah. I mean, yes, way ahead of its time, wasn't it?
0: crazy it was yeah absolutely. yeah
1: yeah no no that's do you know what that was yeah that's a good point actually yeah so well the thing is obviously we're all talking about ai now in the entertainment industry anyway you know ai is now copying people's work and passing it off as their own so this movie could not be more prescient if it tried and now we've got it and the thing is about this movie is while we're talking about ai and you know th- there's a former soldier here this has got quite a sensitive relationship between the former soldier called Joshua and the AI child who's called Alfie. And it kind of feels like a father son relationship. So there's a rather tender play between the two characters. I mean, of course there's, there's this element that Joshua can never fully be close to this AI robot due to being due to there being a war between humans and robots. So, there is a sort of slightly one step removed relationship between the two characters, which creates some very interesting flashpoints along the way. And it brings up questions that Joshua is afraid to answer. And yet he has to due to this being his possible salvation and also him discovering what actually happened to his wife several years earlier. So this film's got some interesting and thought-provoking questions being raised. Now, of course, any science fiction movie worth its salt should be doing that anyway. You know, let's think back yeah. to Blade Runner, okay? Arguably Which one of you the- love, don't you? I-, I adore Blade Runner, I adore Blade Runner 2049 as well. The thing is, you know, Blade Runner has stood the test of time because it has raised thought-provoking questions about science fiction and about real world as well. And the thing is, I think the creator has some observations that are worthy of deeper examinations. I'm not going to go through it, but I, I expect think pieces online telling me deeper meanings behind certain movements that Joshua does or certain movements that Alfie does. That's what this movie's got. It's got a lot of depth to it. And, I, I you know, I bring up Blade Runner, actually, because it's clear that this movie takes its lead from that film and countless other science fiction movies as well. Here's the thing about this movie is that I, I'm watching it and I loved the world building that the film offers. You know how Star Wars has always been amazing at building worlds and you go, I yeah, want to know yeah. who that character is. or I want to know about that spaceship. This film does that. There are so many things on display that I would genuinely love to know more about, especially the, the hovering space command center thing with the blue lights coming down. Like, it just looks like it haunts everybody. Everybody's afraid of it. And they're very interestingly designed as well, as are some of the robots as well. I would love, I hope, do you know what? I hope when this hits Blu-ray and DVD, we get some behind the scenes documentaries from Gareth Edwards talking about the, the designs because they're really impressive, really impressive, Um Certainly the scenes on Earth where Joshua and Alfie are on the run look really impressive. And that's because it's it's set in a sort of Asia-style area of the planet. So it's got big rice fields, long dusty tracks with small pagoda-type buildings. So it's got a very distinct look in this film, which I don't think we've seen in science fiction movies, or certainly the ones that I can remember. Anyway, and is the, it
0: slightly, slightly, um, Mad Max looking, you know, that sort of kind of
1: the, environment? There or, is to a or certain not a degree,
0: desolate,
1: or... well, uh, you raise a good question there, actually, Spencer. And that there is a certain element of Mad Maxism, I whatever it would be, um, in here because Joshua and Alfie are on the run and they've got to use these, um, these kind of like hybrid cars. Um, there's not as much energy you know with mad max it's quite ferocious um, at times yeah. that's not here in fact the thing is actually bringing up mad max because you know we could class that as a science fiction movie and yes i, I think we can probably say that the creator is using that at certain levels with the creator this film reminded me more of two movies and these two movies are not science fiction movies So when I was watching it, I'm thinking, it's this and it's this. And then in the background, it's all of the science fiction movies. So firstly, so the the whole film is an allegory for the Vietnam War. I mean, it's obvious in its look, uh, but it's got the same feel to it in the storytelling because of the the army's never surrender type of attitude, even though they're on the losing side, that military deployment is still trying to seek out Alpha. It's going to do anything and it's going to kill everybody. I mean, it's just is it what it, it, they want to humiliate the locals as well you know it it's just a complete allegory for the vietnam war which to my mind as i'm watching it and there are certain scenes playing out it reminded me of casualties of war have you seen that film spencer
0: yeah i have yeah
1: great movie great quite, movie
0: quite gritty quite gritty quite hard hitting
1: it is absolutely michael j fox sean penn directed by brian department amazing movie um but the, yeah, the creator reminded me a lot of Casualties of War, and the other movie it reminded me of. And don't laugh here because I'm being deadly serious. The Golden Child, starring Eddie Murphy.
0: Oh well, wow, that's tenuous. Okay. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> I, I'd t- I know. I tell you the reason why is because, um, Alfie, the way that he uses his weapon, let's say weapon, um. Uh, he has these certain movements and these outcomes and the, the certain like inflections that he does all reminded me of the kid in the golden child it just reminded me all of that you know you have this well this chosen one that is set to revolutionize or lead the new world or whatever it is and i'm thinking this is the golden child to a certain degree like take the golden child out of the Golden Child, I, I always forget what what the the young character's name is in the Golden Child. Take him out of that, put him in a sci fi movie. That's what you've got here. And I make no bones about it: the fact that I am a Golden Child lover, I like that movie. I grew up with that movie. Um, so so it's well, quite well. A...
0: When you think of, wait, sorry to interrupt. When you Go think on. about it, the Golden Child was kind of almost um kind of out of this world, anyway, wasn't it? It was kind of like he had a real kind of like. Uh, mystique to him that was the weird thing
1: it did yeah and if you remember there was that um behind the screen there was like a dragon wasn't there that was disguised yeah. as a woman sort of. so it's got that sort of element i don't i wouldn't say the golden child is science fiction i would say it's fantasy but there is that element here in this so me coming away going yes it's blade runner yes it's rogue one um yes it's artificial intelligence but mainly it's casualties of war and the golden child I hope people go, oh, I wasn't expecting that because...
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, you know, this film might be like all of those, but it's got its own agenda as well. And that is that it is this big, intelligent, science fiction blockbuster, and it does all of that very, very well. I saw it in IMAX. I have to say I was hugely, hugely impressed with the look and the storytelling of this movie. And I thought um, John David Washington in the lead role was fantastic. Um, you know, it's it's not a huge cast, but when you've got somebody like that who I think is very charismatic, he can, he can lead the line very well. I just came away going, yeah, if we're finishing the summer season of Blockbusters with this movie, we are going out really, really well.
0: Going out on a high. Which is good to know, isn't it? Considering yeah. it could have easily been a damp squib. So, well, that fantastic. Was the yeah,
1: that was the concern. That was the concern, Spencer. I'm like, oh, the trailer looked great. Please let it be good, and it was.
0: Yeah, because quite often we've seen that haven't we? Good trailer, <laughs> <in a> dismal <laughs> film. So, <Yes. laughs> exactly, brilliant. Thank you very much. That will be on the list. Right, next cab off the rank. Uh,
1: so, on Netflix right now, we've got a film called Reptile which is about uh, Tom Nicholas, who is a hardened detective. He's assigned a case where a woman has died in mysterious circumstances. He suspects everybody, but this case is not as it seems, and it begins to dismantle the illusions of his own life. So I think I, I was watching this. I, I watched this only a couple of days ago, actually, and um, the instantly I'm like, OK, this wants to be a David Fincher movie. You know, it wants to be the game it wants to be fight club well not fight club but but you know it just it it desperately wants to be something like gone girl or the girl with the dragon tattoo remake you know something like that and the thing is okay yep yeah you know i mean that's no bad thing david fincher is a master in the crime genre i i adore his work i think he's fantastic in this director's chair it's not david fincher by the way who's directing this um this is a guy called grant singer now, this is his feature film debut. Previously, he was directing music videos for pop acts. Okay. Yeah. So to well, go...
0: F- I felt he was qualified to make the leap.
1: Well, yeah. who, this, is the, this is the strange thing. I mean, listen, I'm all for people going, you know what? I'm going to try and do this and see what happens. But it is something to go from bubblegum pop to dark and gritty. Like, that's a big ask in anybody's book. Yeah, I think Grant Singer has a nice flow here in his direction. You know, the film takes its time. It's two hours, 15 minutes. It's slowly unravelling. Every single clue or answer that's given, you're not sure. Like, it's not a flashy direction. It knows when it needs to speed up a little bit, but actually it knows just keep the pace going. You know, just keep it going. That's the thing about it. And it needs to have an intriguing plot, which I think this film does. It's got to have some good actors, which this film does, and I'll come to those in a minute. The storyline is, is something that we've seen play out many times before in previous movies. You know, who's on the level? Who is it? You know, who's done this? However, this film still, I think, has the ability to pull you in and keep you guessing as to whom the killer actually is. So the film isn't all gunfights and fisty and whatever else. It's you know, it's much more interesting in being a gritty uncomfortable thriller that i think slowly seeps under your skin and it does that because of the performances from the central actors now it's it's got other people in there as well like eric bogosian's in there uh, alicia silverstone's in there as well um but in the lead roles in the two lead roles you've got justin timberlake who plays will That's grady right.
0: Now, who I think he's not a bad actor, actually, I have to say I like some of his stuff.
1: I agree with you. I agree. With, mm-hmm. I do. You know what? I think Justin Timberlake's best work is when he's doing serious acting, like yes, in this. Yes. I really do. You know, he's got this. Um, he's got this ability to be very quiet and very composed, and yet you're still never sure what this character's doing. And that, that's Timberlake's perfect. You know, that's what he does. It's something he's done in the past, and I think. With the, with the correct writing, he can deliver a really chilling performance. And I don't know if I would call this performance chilling. I would still call it mysterious because you're never sure. Is this the guy? Like, did he kill his wife? Well, his, his, his want-to-be wife, basically. You're never sure. And I think that's the beauty of Timberlake's performance here is that you're never sure. You're never really sure. Even though there's loads of others that come in, you go, well, it's definitely them. And then maybe it's not. I like the fact that Timberlake keeps you guessing on this one. You know, it's there's an edge to this performance. Um, but then there's an edge to the performance of Tom Nichols as well, because this is played by Den, Bel, uh, Benicio del Toro. I couldn't get my words out of there, Spencer. It's played by Benicio del Toro, who I think is one of the best actors. I I just genuinely do. I, you know, I've seen him in bad movies Haven't seen him give a bad performance. That's the thing.
0: No, he. I bet. I bet. Say he always puts on a good performance, no matter what he's in, whether it's good or bad, doesn't
1: he? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of his. um, I like a lot of his Spanish stuff as well, his Spanish language stuff as well. Uh, Here, very brooding. Very brooding. You know, there's, there's just something about watching Benicio del Toro play a hardened detective, and watching him walk up to a door. And his eyes peering just over his glasses, or, you know, fr- from the top of his eyes, you know, l- close to looking at his forehead. And you're thinking, something's going to happen here. I'm not sure what, but something is going to happen. And it's scary.
0: I've always thought that him, when I watch him on the mm. screen and don't, you might laugh at this, you know, sometimes you watch an action, you think I'd like to be you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, it, I just when yeah. he performs, I think he's got a style about him. That's really unique.
1: Do you know what? I agree with you. I completely yeah. agree with you. A very unique style. And I think that's why he stands out so much. Very unique yeah. style. Um, but as I said here, he's scary, even though he's the detective. I found him quite scary. And that's why I love Del Toro's performance in this, because you're never really sure what he's gonna do, what he's gonna say. He's a very quiet guy, but you're just thinking, is he gonna explode at any moment? So it's a constant guessing game with him as well. You you know, you couple that with Justin Timberlake's performance, and you couldn't certainly you're like, ooh, what's happening here? You know, we we're, we're guessing. We're guessing and then we're double guessing and then we're triple guessing. We're just not sure. But that's the point of the film is that it is a constant guessing game. And while I don't think this is one of the the, the standouts in the mystery slash thriller slash drama th- genres, I still think this has got enough intrigue in it to keep you guessing all the way to the end. And that, to me, does enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you'd highly recommend, yeah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. Like, you know, this is on Netflix now. And it's, it's been promoted a little bit, but it seems to have disappeared a little bit, even though it's, it's out now. It's out this week. So I'm, I'm sort of hoping people go to it. If people are wanting, you know, a darker crime movie, this is the one at the moment
0: brilliant i will uh funny enough i've got a a weekend planned of just binging things i'm gonna i've got very little plan this weekend which i'm really excited about and um i'm just gonna kind of binge watch stuff so i'm gonna add that to my list that sounds very good okay sir and the last cab off the rank today what what do we have
1: right well let's you know that was quite dark the creator was quite dark as well let's cheer ourselves up let's have something fun okay um so did you see the the movie with music in it called Once about the two Irish about the Irish singer and the I think she was Polish um violinist? Yes.
0: I yes I did. Yes, yes I yes.
1: did. Okay and so that was made by John Carney who then went on to make Sing Street which is another brilliant movie as well. Uh, he did Born Again as well. Um, born Again? begin No, Begin Again, sorry. Um, well, this is his new one. This is called Flora and Son, and it's about single mum Flora who's at war with her teenage son Max. Now, in order to try and find a hobby for Max, Flora rescues a guitar from a dumpster. She discovers that one person's rubbish can be another family's salvation. So, well, uh, let me just say this: when it's uh, Flora and Son, another outstanding movie from John Carney. But I, just,
0: you know. I I saw the trailer for this before you you suggested for today and um, I just saw it randomly and I looked at the trailer and I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna love that. I just saw <laughs> it and it, I just yeah it just had that hook and I yeah. kind of was like oh great cast the story just the way it was everything featured in the trailer was perfect and it's, i was like i'm going to love that
1: yeah I'm yeah you're right the, the the music's great of course it is john carney writes great music but it's it's the way that he just has this knack of telling delicate little stories about the every man and the every woman that just resonates so well you know that's the thing about it it's it's just so good it what we've got is flora and max who are you know they are mother and son but they're not really closely connected that's the thing but this movie is about the journey they go on together it's about both of them finding themselves and each other all over again and what we see is we, we we see that flora clearly loves her son but isn't exactly enamored with him at present he's He's heavily into dance music. Uh, he's got a, a um, like a sampler pad, but he wants to buy a synthesizer. He steals the synthesizer, then has to take it back. He's then in court and the judge is going to send him off to a young offenders. But that doesn't quite happen. So, you know, it's it's you can see why Flora loves her son, but is really finding it hard to love him. If you know what I mean, like I know that sounds a bit weird. Um but the strange thing is this movie is a delight to watch all of that unfold, to watch the mother and son reacquaint themselves with each other all over again. And in fact, you know, I know you just said that you watched the trailer and you thought this is me all over. Uh, you're gonna need tissues, Spencer. You're you're gonna need tissues because it's it's emotional. Like it, it pulls on the emotional heartstrings, but they're all happy tears. That's the thing that, you know, it's just so delightfully put together. And the other thing about this film is it does it so well with humour. Like it's got a lovely Irish sense of humour running all the way through it. I was moving between laughing and tearing up all the way through. And I just thought that's... That's how good this movie is and that's how easy it can be done as well. You know, this is not a huge spectacle. That's what
0: movie should be about. Yeah, that's what it exactly. should be about. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, it the
0: whole gamut of emotions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't need to be a huge spectacle and this movie isn't. It's set, you know, in Dublin. That's it. In a small area. That's it. It doesn't do anything else. But then you're talking about mother and son relationships, which can be complex. Well, all relationships are complex, obviously. But this there's, there's something about this film that absolutely nails everything about hating your mother at times because she said, no, you can't have this. And yet also loving her from start to finish. And I'm so impressed with how this film does that. It's almost effortlessly. It almost feels like you're watching real life. And that's the beauty of this movie. Um
0: well, with that being a cliche, they say there's a very thin line, don't they, between like loving someone and hating them. So,
1: Well, this this movie has absolutely nailed that then. Absolutely nailed it. And not in a, you know, normally you would have something like that that would be a romance movie, you know, between two people who are trying to yeah find themselves and whatever. Else. And that kind of happens a bit in Sing Street, but not this. This is a family relationship. That's the thing. And it's beautifully done. I do want to give a mention here, actually, to Eve Hewson, who plays Flora. Um, I know she's been acting for quite a while and I've seen her in some bits and I thought she was very good. I thought she was very good in Bad Sisters, actually, which is on Apple TV. But wow, what a performance here. I mean, I was blown away by how great she is in this. Like, you know, she's she's got her own struggles, this character. And yet she's still trying to provide for her son as well. I just thought. I was captivated captivated every step of the way with this performance by Eve Hewson. I, I'd be very surprised if she is not at least nominated for an Academy Award in the next five years with the choices that she is making at the moment. This may look like a small movie, but it's not. That's the thing. It's. It's just got such a massive heart. And I think that stems from the writing, the directing, the acting as well, the music as well. You know, it's just it's it's one of those movies that reminds you about the special moments that you have with your mother and/or your son, depending on which way you're coming to this movie. And that's, you know, that's that's a rare commodity in films, I think. I really do. Did, did um
0: did Eve Hewson was she made Marion in the last Robin Hood film?
1: No, you're
0: Taran Eg- Egerton. Oh
1: yes, she was. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was just trying to picture her because I, I know, I knew her from Bad Sisters, but I was trying to think. I'm sure I've seen her in something else. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, yeah. she's she's slowly been breaking through into the mainstream. I say mainstream. I mean, she's been acting for maybe 15 years, but I'm talking about big blockbusters and whatever else. Yeah. The stuff I've seen her in recently has been smaller and whatever else, and she's really been fantastic. But look, this whole film is fantastic. It is wonderful from start to finish. It's nice to see a happy movie about happy families. That's the thing. And as I said, a rare commodity in in movie making these days. So, yeah, this is this is just beautiful.
0: Do you know what you're gonna laugh? But I I remember it takes me back your recommendation (laughs) about the take that film, and that's how I felt about the take that film, the greatest days. I loved it, I absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I I, I just it was just the perfect feel-good, don't need to think about it too much, but it made you feel brilliant kind of film. It
1: was just that's the thing with that take that movie is that you didn't need to think about it, but it was so much it it was the feel-good. With Florence on, it's got all of that feel-good element to it, and yet it's got a very real element to it. It's got that real mother, to it, yeah. mother-son relationship, so it grounds it even more. I, I, just, I just love this movie. It's so much fun. So John Carney, look, this man can do no wrong in terms of making movies. I, it just it just continues to make them, and they're just brilliant.
0: You realise, don't you, We've we've had three recommendations today. Three films oh, you've
1: yeah. Well, last week was. Mm, last week was not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> last week,
0: yeah. Last week went down a different path, didn't it it, it? it
1: did. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Three really good movies. Yeah. No wonder no, I'm in no, a good I'm mood. Ju- I,
0: I, I'm just trying to think. Um, one of the films last week which you absolutely hated and I can't think the name of it. Oh, God, what was it? Um But somebody I know listened in last Saturday and they, they watched it Saturday night and they messaged and they said they've never been so depressed. Oh, <laughs> hang on. They um, said, uh, the oh,
1: Lesson. What, it, what, the...
0: Yes, yes, yes. We're Richard yeah. E. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. And he said... What a load of, you know, it was just <laughs> and I was like, well if you listen to the you listen to the show, we didn't exactly give it a ringing endorsement. We didn't <laughs> it was like no, and was we, like, didn't. we just thought it, it it can't be that bad. And he said it was. And I'm like, there you go then. There you go. We know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> oh dear, there we oh, go. We...
0: Now that that's brilliant. Three choices for today. Thank you so much. Now, before you go next week, what do we have in the pipeline?
1: Next week, we're going to be talking about a movie all about the Blackberry. Did you have a Blackberry?
0: Um, I, I had a work Blackberry okay. for a very short time. See, I'm old enough to remember when I was at work, when I was given a pager. How about that? That's wow. I am. But. By page, but I had a work Blackberry and I remember everyone going that it's the future, and then Blackberries just disappeared like overnight, <laughs> didn't they? Well they just disappeared overnight. I,
1: I'm pleased you brought that up because next week we're going to be reviewing a movie all about the rise and fall of Blackberry. Um and then okay. we're going to be talking about um a a comedy called Joyride. And then if you listen to the podcast, we're going to be reviewing the new Helen Mirren movie, which is called Golda, which is actually based on uh, the woman who was dubbed the Iron Lady of Israel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eclectic. Absolutely.
0: That's the word. That's the word. Thank you so much for today, mate. Appreciate it. A pleasure. And uh, we will speak to you next week. Have a good weekend. You too. You take
1: care. Now remember, you're only supposed to listen to Phoenix
0: FM if you want film reviews.